Our readings um, today are most appropriate in light of the um, celebration last week in Philadelphia, the World Meeting of Families, as well as today, Bishops of the World, meeting with our Holy Father in Rome, the beginning of the World Synod of Bishops, um, focusing on marriage and family life as well. I'm speaking at all of the Masses here in the parish this weekend as we launch our campaign for the renovation of our parish church here. Trust me, all of this fits together, okay? You may wonder how, but it does, okay? So, the church, the church has always been an image of the marriage of God and us, the human humanity. Just as a man and woman, as we heard in the gospel today and in the Old Testament reading, just as, just as man and woman become one, a beautiful act of conjugal love, so too um, we are joined with God and become one in the celebration of the Eucharist. God is joined with us as one right here in the Eucharist. It's an incredible, mysterious act of love that happens right here. And um, so it's incredible. It really is. Our relationship with God is something that we continue to live out all of our lives, just as you do in your marriages. It takes work. It really does. It's a lifelong endeavor. When couples come to me in marriage, and they make their vows right here in the sanctuary. They say, they say, for richer, for poorer, till death do us part. Yes, their lives are greatly enriched in the sacrament of marriage. They must give of themselves in marriage as they live it out. They cannot just take. If you just take in your marriage, you know that... Um, the marriage does not last. If you just, so to speak, take relationship to church as well, eventually your relationship with the church doesn't last. You just can't just take from here. You have to give as well. So that's the way it is. Our relationship with our church is very, very much the way it is with our marriages and with our families as well. One of the biggest challenges and struggles sometimes in marriage is around finances. It's the same way in the church, too. All of this is all just on a much, much larger scale. We do the same thing in our church as you do in your homes. Take, for instance, our church, our parish, Seton Parish. Ever since our founding in 1978, um, almost 38 years ago, what stands out in our parish, and what makes it such a beautiful place, such a beautiful parish, is the outstanding contribution of you, our parishioners. Going back to the very beginning, when we built what is now our Herman Hall, that's the beginning of our parish facilities here. Then it expanded um, the education wing. Then the building of our current church here in 1992. And then the parish activity center in the year 2000, but we're much more, our church is much, much more than all of these buildings. We're a vibrant parish, we're an alive parish. 
We're noted especially for our outreach, which Pope Francis was speaking about um, so much last week, which is going on right now. Let's go in Herman Hall today when we have our, our hospitality week and you'll see the piles of shoes that you have already brought in. It's just beginning. You know, contributing 1,200 pairs of shoes. Then we'll begin shortly with the coat outreach. And then we have this great outreach to the, to the poor in Sciota County at Christmas in a few weeks that that will begin. This is going on year-round. Our, our, our help for the food for the homeless uh, when we have the homeless dinners about once a month. This is what we're known for, our care for those who, who are in need. All the ministry that we do here in the parish for, the, for, for children of all ages, youth of all ages here. Vibrant programs for our youth. Adult faith formation programs. Programs for spiritual enrichment for our adults as well. I can go on and on, which makes our parish so alive. Continually have wonderful new people joining our parish year-round. Just in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a new um, reception for our parishioners who have joined our parish during the summer months. So there's so much life going on in this parish. Over the years, literally millions of people, millions of people have come through the doors of our church. And that's why our church now needs the attention that it needs. It's not that we haven't done anything to it. It's not that we've neglected it. We haven't. Um, since I've been here as your pastor, we've done a lot to this church um, without having to come to you asking you, so to speak, for more money because of your generosity. We've been able to do a lot already. Um, I asked our business manager, how much have we done? He says it's been close to about a, a half million dollars in projects that we've done just to maintain what we have. New roof, rebuilding the bell tower, painting the church, all the work that we've done on the windows, and on and on I could go. What we've done just to maintain the building. But we have to do more than just maintain it. It's, it's kept it up, but we need, we need, we need more. Um, three and a half years ago, I, I formed a steering committee to consider the, the needs that what we need to do to, to, to keep this parish moving ahead. Our committee looked at uh, documents on church architect, art and architecture called Built of Living Stones. They looked at the whole picture we realized that to do we were going to do this properly, we needed the assistance of a good architect that we hired. And we got the very best. And so we want to build a strong, strong church that's going to take us into the future. I'd like to just say to you now what our plan is, based on what I would call three legs. Three legs to form a strong church. The first leg has to do what I just addressed earlier, about addressing the physical, the physical repairs that, that can't just be done by just uh, out of budget, but that need serious attention. One is like just the pews that you're seated in. They can't be repaired. They can't. They have to be replaced. We also have to address problems with the floor that's beneath your feet. There's serious structural problems beneath all of that that have to be addressed. And, and we're, going to, we're going to address that. We're going to flatten the floor, flatten the floor, so that um, 
elderly and handicapped can be seated throughout the body of the church and not just be on the margins, in the back, where they can't see or they can't hear, which is where we relegate the elderly right now and the handicapped, in the back. Again, that's talking about, again, what Pope Francis is talking about. We don't want to push those people in the back. We want to bring them where they can be in the front. So these are the kinds of things we're going to be addressing. Reassessing the HVAC system for the church. Lighting as well. Bring it really up to date with new LED lighting. So physical, physical repairs that, that really need attention. Second leg is going to be strengthening the worship experience, the liturgical life, in this most sacred space where we become joined to Christ, where we become one with Christ. Really make that strong. So we're going to have one sanctuary, not a chopped up space, but one sanctuary, one altar, one ambo, one presider space, servers all in one space. The strong, strong symbol. Bringing a tabernacle back right behind the altar, not somewhere off on the side. All of this in one space. The strong, strong symbol. And as you know, Eucharistic adoration, very, very important part of the spiritual life of our parish. We're going to have a new Eucharistic chapel expanded directly behind um, where I'm standing now, directly behind the altar. We'll have a double-sided tabernacle, same tabernacle, both in the church here and also that same tabernacle will be in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel as well. Again, all of this is one. All of this is one. Finally, the third leg is renovating the gathering space out there and updating Herman Hall as well. We know that these important projects will not only help our church stand the test of time, but we're going to be using materials that last. They won't have to be redone in 20 years or 30 years. We're going to be using materials like Jerusalem stone on the floor that will be here like for a long, long time. Pews that aren't laminate. Pews that are made out of solid oak that will be here 60 years from now, 70 years from now. Solid. Materials that last. We cannot accomplish this without you, our parishioners. You have always been the key. You are the key now as we go forward. In order to meet these needs and to make these renovations possible, we've set ourselves a goal of $2.75 million. That may sound like a lot, and I know it is. But think for a moment. If you're going to redo your kitchen, how much that costs? Or redo a bath? And think for a moment now what we're redoing here. Not for five or six people, but for thousands of people, millions of people, for a long time, for generations to come. And suddenly, this figure is very, very reasonable. It really is. Early this summer, the parish hired a fundraising firm to assist us with this task. We hired what is called, who is called CCS Fundraising. We've had on our staff here now full-time, her name is Gabby Nunez, who has been assisting us. The first thing that I was asked to do was to assemble a campaign executive committee. We've been ably led by this committee of your fellow parishioners. They are headed up 
by Bobby and Kelly Dawes and Tim and Tina Bowie. They are campaign chairpersons. And they are also assisted by several other people. Our campaign is being held on several different levels or several different stages. The first stage has already been underway for about six weeks now. The first stage of the campaign is called the Major Gifts Phase. We also have what's called an Advanced Gifts Phase, and then there will be a General Gifts Phase. The first Gifts Phase, as I said, is underway. I am pleased to announce to you here this morning that of our goal of 2.75 million, we have already raised 1208510 dollars toward our goal of $2.75 million from 78 donors. I am overwhelmed. I am, I am overwhelmed by the generosity and goodness of those 78 donors and so very thankful. So very thankful. Let me just share with you one quick brief antidote of the generosity. Last night, after the 5 o'clock Mass, there was a visitor in our parish. Young man, young man, four small children in tow. Oldest couldn't have been four years old. Okay? This man comes up to me and says, I'd like to donate to this campaign. I don't, I don't belong to Seton Parish. I don't live in your parish. I don't live in this community. But I want to be a part of this. So he hands to me a folded up check. And he walks away. After everybody was gone, I opened up the check. There's a check for $1,000 in my hand. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. You know? This, this was not an old person, okay? This is somebody who's, who's young. Young. Doesn't even belong here. Doesn't even, doesn't even live here. This is the kind of generosity, okay, that's already underway. Already here this weekend. And you already see what we have. So if we can all be as generous as those first 78 donors, I know that we can easily make our goal. I mean, all we have to do now is raise 1.5 million out of 2,400 families. I mean, there's no doubt we can do it. It's not that we all have to give the same. We don't. All we have to do is give as God has given to us. And I know that God has generously, generously blessed this parish because it's been obvious so often in my years with you here. I'm overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly confident that we can reach our goal. This is what we're called to do today. The name of our campaign is A Home for Our Faith. A team of our dedicated volunteers will be reaching out to you in the days and weeks ahead. We hope to have this whole campaign wrapped up by Thanksgiving. When a volunteer contacts you by phone, and if they request a visit to you, um, I would ask that you please graciously receive them. This is not just a phone solicitation. They're just not a phone solicitor. 
please receive them as Christ, as Christ who wants to come and meet you, visit you in a spirit of hospitality. You may not know them. Treat them as a stranger, as Christ coming to you. Spirit of hospitality. It's about meeting Christ. This is why we have been so successful so far. I have personally made these visits myself. I, I, I've been overwhelmed, overwhelmed, and so enriched by these meetings myself. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's about experiencing Christ and the goodness in Christ in one another. You will experience that as well, however, however you experience it. Finally, the last thing I want to address. You may be saying, well, we've done this before. I contributed to the first church. I contributed to this church. I contributed to the pack. Now it's someone else's turn. Let me share this personal story with you. When I was growing up, I'm from St. Charles Parish in Parma, Ohio, one of the largest parishes in the state of Ohio. Church that I built, but when I was part growing up, was built when I was in kindergarten, a long time ago. I still remember vividly when they came to my home, the visitors, and asked my parents to make a pledge when I was in kindergarten. We didn't have much when I was growing up, and my parents made a pledge. They did. And then I was a baby boomer. When I was in the fourth grade, they had to build a, a big school because our parish, the school I was in, we had 3,000 kids. We just had a two-story school. And they had the rest of us in all these army barracks that the pastor bought. They were all over the parking lot. So he had to build a four-story school to put us all in. Once again, my parents made a pledge for that new school that's still standing, that my, one of my nieces still teaches in right now. Then a few years later, of course, they had all kinds of nuns in those days. And um, so they had to build a new convent for all the sisters for that school. So they built, built a convent, and they also built a parish hall at the same time. Parents made another pledge for that. Then years later, of course, with all those people going through that church, they had, to up, they had to refurbish the church. And once again, my parents made another pledge for that church. Keep going. Keep going. It's not over yet. A few years ago, my dad was already gone. My mom was almost gone too. She was still alive. The pastor wanted, there's no place for all these people to park their cars. And they never did have any place to park their cars. People are parking up and down the streets everywhere around this neighborhood. He says, I want to buy a city block. So that's what they did. So he says, went to the people, says, I want to buy this whole block. And so mom says to me, she says, well, he wants another, he wants a pledge. She's 86 years old. She says, what should I do? I says to her, what would dad do? Of course, she says, dad would contribute right away. He says, there's your answer. So mom made a pledge once again. She only lived another two years. But all of her whole life, she pledged to St. Charles in Parma. God bless her. You know, she left that example to all of us, to her kids, to me, her son who's a priest, who's standing here talking to you today. And I'm so grateful to her and my, my parents for what, for what they taught me. A couple weeks ago, I had marriage of one of my nieces in that parish, St. Charles, okay? 
And we were driving to church that day. My, I was taking my sister to the wedding. And I said to Jane, I said, where are we going to park? Because there's a lot of parking lots around that church. I said, Jane, where are we going to park? Jane says, we're going to park in the parking lot that mom built. <laughs> and um, so we did. So, what a blessing. This is one of those rare and exciting moments in the history of our parish. What a, what a vibrant and alive parish we have here. What a gift. What a gift Seton Parish is in our lives. It's a gift here, and it's a gift that we can hand on. Seton Parish, a home for our faith. Thank you.